Cracks Between Two Wings. I'm your host, Emily Norman, and today we have Dick Nipinski with us, who is the Director of Communications for EAA, the organization that we all know and love, and they host our favorite air show, Air Venture. Uh, Dick, I know we're getting really close to Osh, so thank you so much for making time to talk with me today. Well, this is great. I can talk about Air Venture forever. And by the way, nice arch in the background. That works very well. We hope to see a lot of people getting photos around it here in 2022. Uh, as you can see, I'm, I'm perched about 5,000 feet above Whitman Regional Airport right now. And uh, you can see the background, what it looks like when, well, we're all there at Oshkosh and uh, putting it together and the show going full tilt. Uh, there's a lot to do. And uh, so between the volunteers and staff and exhibitors and everyone else, we'll be ready to go on the 25th of July. Yeah. And I think, you know, we experienced that as well at Four Flight. I'm sure all the other aviation companies who come out do as you know, the same thing. It's this this period in our entire work schedule where it's just dedicated to air venture. And then we finally go to the events. We all get offspring. We come up with new amazing ideas for the <laughs> next year. And then it rolls around and we're like, oh, wait, we blocked all that out because it was yep. such a long, grueling week, but also so much fun. You know, how are we going to prep for it again this year? And that happens. You know, we, we call it around here. Everybody's heard of ADD. Well, here it stands for Air Venture Deficit Disorder because you can't concentrate on anything for five minutes without something else coming in at the same time and taking your attention away. But you're true. it's true. There's so much crammed into one week and for us, the preparations for that one week that it flies by. We know the days are going to speed up now, heading toward July 25th, And but it's a good thing. It's a great thing to see it all come together and our little aviation city take place once again in Oshkosh. For sure. It's definitely the best place to be for that, that one week of the year. So you mentioned uh, the volunteers that come together to make this incredible air show week happen. That's one really unique thing is it is all volunteers, correct? It is tremendous amount of volunteers, more than 5,000 of them during the course of the week. There are areas that you'll see that are completely run and administered by volunteers, um, things such as the seaplane base or home-built parking, uh, those type of things. The, the ticket areas, when you walk in the admission gate, the main gate, uh, that's run by volunteers. And so they come from throughout the country, around the world. A lot of them take their vacation time to come to Oshkosh and stand out in the dust sometimes and park airplanes one after another after another, but they love it. They say, there's no place I'd rather be. And being a volunteer gives them an insight and helps them be a greater part of the event, even more so than coming and trying to see everything on the grounds of Whitman Regional Airport during those seven days. Yeah, and there's definitely so much to see. Um, so I can imagine that a lot of the volunteers are also just locals uh, in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Tell us a little bit about what the community thinks of this event that happens each year and some of the impacts there. Yeah, that's a great question because in 2020, when we did not hold the event, people suddenly discovered, oh man, if it's off the schedule, we really miss it. You know, there are those things that people will say, well, there's a lot more traffic in town. There are a lot more people in town in our favorite restaurants and things like that. But overall, they look at and go, the world comes here. We have several hundred people who rent out their homes who live in Oshkosh and either go on vacation or host people from around the world during the course of that week just to welcome them here. And as they're part of the aviation event, they've made great friends or brought in that little extra income so they can afford their vacation. But that's just one part of it. You know, you think of the hotels and the restaurants and the gas stations, 
all making a tremendous amount of money and doing very well during the week. But there are some places you wouldn't expect. Uh, I know we were talking uh, before we started recording the interview a few days ago, you know, the carpet seller last year when they had the storm coming in, everybody wanted to cover up their airplanes. Suddenly carpet mats are being sold out from the store across the street. Uh, the mining, the sand pits suddenly do very well because the exhibitors want landscaping in front of their exhibits. And so they're going out to the sand pits and the landscapers bring that in. So those businesses do well. So overall, it's about $170 million of economic impact in this region for those seven days and probably about $200 million for the entire state of Wisconsin because more than 70% of the visitors to AirVenture come from outside the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like we have to touch on what happened last year. For anyone watching who did go, that was a frightening, I think, Wednesday night when we all got the alerts and you guys you know, went into emergency mode and activated how are we getting these people safely to shelters. Aircraft owners were trying to buy out the carpet store, duct tape their wings, protect their, their loved aircrafts. You know, what are some of those things that you guys have to prep for in, in terms of these natural events coming through or just other emergency uh, processes? It is. There, there's a whole contingency plan that takes place because we know it's Wisconsin, it's summer, those thunderstorms could show up. So we have to be ready for that. Uh, first of all, we work with the National Weather Service. They are right here on the grounds. And we received the storm-ready designation from them because we do have that plan in place. And so it's a matter of, first of all, making sure people are safe above everything else. Uh, making sure if we have to move some of the campers to a safer spot that we can do that. Uh, we had a thousand people last year during that storm, which gratefully went about 20 miles to our west, as it turned out. And But we moved them into the museum. A thousand people got to spend a night at the museum and sleeping in that way. Uh, and others found shelter uh, in other places throughout the city. And others said, we'll ride it out in our motorhomes. We're pretty well set. So uh, all of those take place. And then how do we protect property? The biggest thing is we tell pilots, tie down your airplanes. And there's a proper way to tie them down. The little screw-in um, dog leash ties are not the ones you want to bring to Oshkosh. Uh, you want to get in and on our website, we even tell people how to properly tie down the airplanes here at Oshkosh to make sure that your airplane isn't damaged and the airplanes around you aren't damaged if one gets loose. So those type of things are all part of the planning. And we work with the local authorities, everyone from emergency government to Red Cross, uh, local law enforcement and fire departments, just to make sure that everybody's on the same page if something like that happens. And you have to be ready for it. You have to build it into the plan before you come in. And hopefully at the end of the week, you can say, boy, we didn't need that, but at least we planned for it. Exactly. And speaking of planning for arriving to Air Osh, if you are flying your aircraft, I think the NOTAMs are now out, correct? They are, yep. And this year it's called an FAA notice. Uh, it's an internal FAA change. So we're still calling them a NOTAM. It just, you know, it, 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 it's what everybody knows it as, right? And so, um, but you can go online, eaa.org slash NOTAM, N-O-T-A-M, and download it. And you can download it to your devices as a PDF. A lot of places will have it installed as well that you can go out and get it. You can order a printed copy if you want from our member services here at EAA, but read that, understand it. Uh, many of the procedures are the same as in 2021. So be aware of that. And, uh, but understand that well as to what's going on out there, because that will keep you safe, keep everybody else safe. 
and make your fly-in experience to Oshkosh a heck of a lot better. Definitely. And I mean, one of my favorite things is just watching the arrivals. It amazes <laughs> me each year, those air traffic controllers, how they are bringing everyone in and everyone just complies. And I mean, I'm sure there's some some stories of some things happening that weren't completely great, but it is definitely a process and it is incredible to watch each year. It, it is. It's a great piece of choreography and so much credit uh, goes to the FAA, to the airport people and to the pilots who come in here because mm-hmm. Uh, they want to come in safely, enjoy the show, and then get home and tell stories about their week at Oshkosh. Uh, and so it's really important to to read that notum, to understand it. It's a marvelous mixture of high-tech and low-tech all going on. If the people have taken the Fisk arrival, they know they're spotted by the controllers standing on a construction trailer with a pair of binoculars and a radio and said, hey, blue and white Cessna, if you hear me, rock your wings. And now get behind the yellow and white Piper half-mile trail and you're heading toward 927. So, I mean, it happens again and again and again coming into Oshkosh. But that's part of what makes it special. So many people said, They look forward to the day of putting that Oshkosh approach, landing at KOSH, putting that in the logbook sometime in late July and said, I flew the Oshkosh approach, landed on the green dot or the orange dot or wherever it was, and uh, parked and camped next to my airplane during air venture. For sure. Um, I personally have not done it yet, but I know my father has, and he, it's probably one of his favorite stories. Uh, One day I'll have to get out there and do as well. So it seems like you guys have a really great process uh, bringing people in all the GA aircraft, parking them in their spots, you know, where their camp is set up, all that. But what about bringing in some of these heavy aircraft? You know, you've got the Air Force is really coming out this year. I know that you've got Mm -hmm. the airliners all all in between. How, How is that done? Well, it's done a lot with IFR slots. For instance, let's say the C-5 coming in from the Air Force. Uh, We will clear the airspace, have the GA aircraft on hold, say over Green Lake or Ripon or farther Mm -hmm. back, depending on the traffic. And then we will bring in that airplane on 1836 and get it parked before we start the regular arrivals come in each day. So that is slotted in. We get a time from those flight crews on what time they'll be arriving, slot them in, and make sure we work with the air traffic controllers with that. So one thing I'll tell GA pilots out there too, work on your holding skills a little bit. Find that, uh, you know, flying around a point, that thing we all got to do in flight training, (laughs) flying around a point, uh, doing those S turns, things like that, and and put some cross-country time in too, uh, just so you've got a feel. You know, if you've been staying 50 miles from home for the past 10 months, well, I'll tell you what, take a little trip, just go to a controlled airspace, get used to flying, getting used to communicating with the radio if you haven't done that. And just um, so it feels natural. You don't have to look it up when you get there. But yeah, we slot the big iron in, we bring the warbirds up the the western side of Lake Winnebago, we bring the ultralights and the helicopters in from the southwest, and then the general aviation crowd comes in on the Fisk approach. So again, a marvelous piece of choreography. Definitely. And then you guys play this amazing game of Tetris, like on Boeing Plaza with all the moving aircraft coming in and out. And it's quite incredible. And that's another thing we have to credit volunteers for because that entire crew, they call themselves the West Ramp Rats. Yes, that area (laughs) of concrete is known as Boeing Plaza, but for years it was known as the West Ramp. And so they are all volunteers and they get out there and they park airplanes and move them around. Probably the best one I remember was 2009. We had the uh, Airbus A380 here that year, Mm -hmm. that monster uh, two-story passenger aircraft. Well, that was leaving, and we had a C5 and a C17 coming in that same afternoon. So within 90 minutes, they got the A380 off the ramp, 
the ramp cleaned up, both of the airplanes, the C-5 and the C-17 in, parked on the ramp and people allowed to come back on. That was all within 90 minutes, an all-volunteer group, just to give you an idea of how good they are out on that ramp. For sure. Well, shout out to the West Ramp Rats. They are incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little about it. So your first time in Oshkosh was 1978, correct? You're right, correct, high yeah. right so out of high school? Right out of high school. What are some of the changes that you've seen over the years that have really impressed you? Or what's it like to be able to watch AirVenture grow up, essentially? <laughs> it is. You know, it came there. If you look at uh, where AirVenture is now compared to where it was you know, more than 40 years ago, Everything 40 years ago was basically north of where Boeing Plaza is now. That didn't exist at the time. And where Boeing Plaza was, was basically auto parking. And everything is east of Knapp Street Road. So if you've envisioned the street that runs north and south past the control tower at Oshkosh, that was the western boundary line of the grounds. Uh, one of my favorite stories is right across the street from where we are now at press headquarters and uh, just diagonally from the tower, there mm. was a farm, uh, actual cows, dairy cows there until about two weeks before air venture. And then they'd take the dairy cows, ship them off to another farm and people would come and camp in that pasture. I never quite had the heart to tell those people what was there two weeks beforehand, <laughs> but it, uh, it's, it's one of those things that you've seen that evolution, that growth. And a lot of it is driven by uh, EAA members and attendees wanting bigger things. Uh, in the late 90s, we built the exhibit hangers that we know now. Mm -hmm. It's tough to believe those are more than 25 years old now. Um, then we added, you know, one, one great thing that people said when we added flush toilets in some areas was <laughs> a, a, <laughs> oh, a major piece of advancement of technology at that point. But you've seen the ultralight strip go in and now the development of the South 40 where they can park and so mm -hmm. forth. Uh, all of those things taking place. When I, first time I came to Oshkosh, uh, the museum wasn't here. It was still five years away from its existence. So, uh, you know, you'd come in uh, at the time we had two-way traffic coming in instead of the traffic loop. Uh, all of those things were much different. And we had forums in, in big army tents at the time. And uh, so those things would get suffocatingly hot uh, during the summer because they were the big old canvas army tents. And, um, you know, you put about 300 people in one of those on a 90 degree day. Oh my goodness. It was, uh, it was, um, you know, factory sensation, I guess would be the best way to put it, Emily. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, to see that evolution and to see the people who have come through there, uh, of course, a new control tower that came along about uh, 15, 20 years ago there at Oshkosh, you know, all of those things are part of that evolution. It's a lot like watching your kids grow up uh, day to day. You don't notice it. But you look at a photo now compared to 20 years ago, and it is astonishing to see how the grounds have grown. Yeah. And I mean, you just look at the photo behind you. It's it's massive. <laughs> There's so much going on there. So this year, you know, 2022, what is what are some things we should look forward to or something we shouldn't miss? Well, some of the things it's the 75th anniversary of the U.S. Air Force and the Air Force is only fully supporting two or three civilian shows this year for their 75th anniversary. Air Venture is one of them. So we said, you know, bring one of everything and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be happy with that. And uh, they're going to try. They're, they're going to bring a lot of aircraft. 
uh, everything from the F-35 demo team to C-5, C-17, uh, the fighter jets, maybe some new technology. Uh, the AV Works team will be here with some of their innovations that they're working on with uh, companies throughout the nation. So all of that is part of what's coming this year from the Air Force. Uh, we're going to build an airplane in a week again. This time it's a Sonics YX. Uh, we're going to open the crate on Monday morning, the 25th of July at about 8 a.m., and then get to it. And volunteers will be building it. People can stop by, pull a rivet themselves, sign the builder's log that they were part of it. And hopefully on Sunday afternoon toward the end of the air show on July 31st, we will taxi that airplane out to the runway to show that an airplane can be built in a week. So we're looking forward to that as well. So uh, that's one of them. Uh, some of the things going forward for the Top Gun fans, we're going to be showing both movies, Top Gun on the Fly-In Theater, that five-story high movie screen on July 23rd. And then on Friday, July 29th, we're showing Top Gun Maverick. And so, you know, we usually have folks introduce those movies too. We don't have exactly who's going to be introducing that movie yet, but you never know. It's Oshkosh. <laughs> what could happen? So, um, you know, we'll have that movie playing. And so bring a lawn chair, bring a blanket. We've got free popcorn for you and uh, enjoy the movies there. A uh, lot of anniversaries coming in, everything from uh, Burt Rutan's Very Vigan celebrating a 50th anniversary, Vans RV series celebrating a 50th. A lot of RV aircraft owners coming in this year. Uh, we've got uh, things like the, the Dyke Delta coming in that that weird shaped home built. It's celebrating its 60th anniversary. That will be here. And um, I've got the Warbirds in review, vintage in review, a thousand workshops and seminars through the week. So it is going to be a, a full, full week once again for everybody who loves airplanes, 800 exhibitors. So, you know, come shopping. Uh, you know, I tell people you can buy an airplane t-shirt, go next door, buy the airplane to match it, and you'll be ready to go home for lunch. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of like your little Oshkosh kit, the the plane and the shirt. Uh, that's right. Yep. One thing I'm super excited about this year is Women Venture is going to have its own um, setup for the entire week, correct? It is. It's going to be over in Aviation Gateway Park, very near the NASA Pavilion. And Women Venture has grown through the years. It started out as a one-day, one-event phenomenon on Wednesday, and we still have that. Uh, we're bringing the group photo back this year, uh, first time since 2019. So. All women involved in aviation, come on out to Boeing Plaza, 11 o'clock on Wednesday, the 27th. We'll have that group photo again. If you haven't ordered your Women Venture t-shirt yet, it's the 15th year of this event. Get online at ea.org, uh, Air Venture area. I think it's ea.org slash Women Venture. And order your t-shirt so you can pick it up at Oshkosh and then be part of the group photo. But in addition, as you mentioned, Emily, we're going to be putting up a pavilion with activities throughout the week, uh, exhibitors uh, for women in aviation uh, throughout. We're going to have a couple of authors corner with women's authors uh, involved in aviation, uh, special forums, special exhibitors all the way through the week. So that's going to be part of it, in addition to all the big events going on on Wednesday the 27th. For sure. Well, thank you so much for reminding me to order my t-shirt because I have not done that yet. <laughs> uh, well, Dick, we could go on and on talking about AirVenture, uh, but I know we both have a lot of things to do pertaining to this specific event. So thank you so much for coming on Between Two Wings, and I can't wait to see you there. 
Uh, we're looking forward to it. It's great going to have the international visitors back this year. Uh, you know, they, they couldn't make it last year. And of course, mm -hmm. we didn't have it in 2020. So the world will literally come to Oshkosh once again. So get online, uh, go to ea.org, click on that adventure tab, uh, get your tickets, get your camping. Remember the kids 18 and under are free again this year, thanks to Boeing. And uh, Express Arrival is available thanks to Airbus. So, you know, all of those things taking place. And we'll see everybody on the flight line, you know, right behind me here. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you again. And thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode Between Two Wings. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.